This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Monday Good to be with you today. Matt uh, Patrick here. Or Patrick Brett, excuse me. I'm sorry. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> He's normally on Mondays. Yeah, yeah he is We more... decided to confuse you today. Well, you and you do. Or he could be in mourning about Kirk Cousins, too, and well, decided we'll, not to make it in. We'll get to that here a little bit later on. Broadcorp will come by with our usual, oh, I don't think he's doing well. I don't think he's doing well. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him about that coming up here a little bit later on. Uh, Cliff Schechter as well to talk about our soon to be in or, or not soon to be our current insane speaker of the house because that guy is nutsoid cuckoo for cocoa puffs is what I like to say uh, I think is the official term frankly and uh, we'll talk to him about the, the you know what is basically a mega dream candidate uh, there but uh, I got to start off with Twitter uh, and I got to start off with Twitter because this is. It is hilarious what has happened here um, because of, of a post I made last night. Now, I'm going to read the post first, and I don't want to necessarily get into the details of it yet first. I want to get into a few other things first. But the post is really pretty simple here. I, I posted this after, and if you don't know, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles uh, tendon in the, the win against the Green Bay Packers. Boy, the Packers look horrible. Uh, but they, they, they beat the Packers, but they lost Kirk Cousins. He's done for the year. What is, if I can ask really quick, I mean, your knowledge, Achilles tendon injuries, what is the likelihood of returning from one of those? Uh, from what I've heard, a minimum like nine months. Do you return, though, from them? Yeah, you, you do return. It's just uh, they say it's pretty easy to rehab. It's just a long, long process. Yeah. So there's a decent chance that we are not going to have – Kirk Cousins, well, no, we're not going to have him this year. And considering this was his contract, his final year of his contract, it it remains to be seen whether or not he, is he done playing for the Vikings. We'll have to see. But I, I made a post up on the Twitterverse, and I posted it up on all social media. And that's an important thing. I want to make sure I, this got posted on all the social media sites. You can find the Matt McNeil Show on Twitter, the Matt McNeil Show on Facebook, the Matt McNeil Show on Blue Sky, the Matt McNeil Show on Mastodon, and the Matt McNeil Show on Threads. <sighs> Exhausting. So here is the post I made up on all the social media last night. Because I'd been, I'd, I mean, I had a busy weekend, man. I was in Mankato on Saturday. I was in Duluth on Sunday. I was all over the state. All you were in Mankato of, and Duluth on the same weekend. Yeah, I was you got done, some miles on the car. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah. I've been all over the place. So I got home late last night. I didn't carve any pumpkins. That's why I'm covered in pumpkin guts this this afternoon. If you, if you could only see, I smell of a delicious pumpkin. Uh, I am covered in because I've been covering pumpkins this afternoon because I got home so late last night. But I made a post just, uh, and this was at 8.30 last night. Hey, Vikings, if you honestly think one of the backups can lead us for the rest of the season, great. All right. If not, well, at least give a call to Colin Kaepernick. And check on his health and availability. Check on his health and availability. That's all it says. That's all it says. 
It's not, he needs to be our starter right away. He needs, we need him. He's, he's the only thing that's going to save us. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, that's not what I said. Not at all. Not even close. And, um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit, to say, to say the least, I'm a little bit kind of surprised at, um, you know, the, the response from that, if you want to know the truth. Um, it, 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 particularly in Twitter. Now, there are a few things I want to talk about prior to me getting to the, um, to the, the, the tweet itself and the response to this, because I want to come back to that. The first thing is I want to make sure we say is Twitter is an absolute cesspool. It has become an absolute cesspool. I have 4,000, around 4,000 followers on Twitter. I've got around 9,000 on Facebook. Thank you very much. Uh, and then on the other three combined, about 500. So basically, I have 9,500 followers not not on Twitter, okay? I have 4,000. I have over twice as many people on the other four social media networks. Over twice as many people. I think on the other four social media networks, I probably had one person critical of said tweet in a very negative way. That was on Facebook. One person just like, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. The rest of them were either, hey, sounds good, or are you sure it's, it's been, he hasn't played in a long time? And that's why I said, you check his health. I think it's very clear I said that at the beginning of, of, of that, in that tweet is that you need to check this man's health. This is not a hand the reins over to the guy sort of situation. So, um, I'm going to guess I woke up this morning, total this so far today, about, 300 right i mean maga 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 all of them maga as maga gets flag on the icon you look through their thread just maga 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 all about most of them with like 40 followers total and that's generous most of them posting the same exact posts on every on all of them just clearly maga trolls I can't even say some of the stuff they've said about Colin Kaepernick, but just there. And I just it's a reminder that really down deep inside, Twitter is an absolute cesspool, an absolute cesspool, which, by the way, if I can also elaborate on a, on a secondary note here, they have, as a business X is uh, far from its prior incarnation, the service having lost droves of advertisers and users. Some companies have backed away from the service amid concerns about its content and hate speech, while some users have grown frustrated for similar reasons. The service has seen a 30% decline in the number of people actively tweeting. 30%. That's huge, said the Washington Post. Advertisers left because of the content of the site was worse. Advertising was down 60% in September. 60%. By all accounts, revenue is down, advertising down. Doesn't seem like a smart financial play in regards to this. Uh, there are some other numbers here. Uh, they talked about uh, insider intelligence estimate that X will bring down $1.89 billion in advertising revenue this year, down from 54% from 2022. The last time its ad revenue was nearly this level was 2015. Uh, online research is also people are using X less, Twitter less. According to research firm SimilarWeb, Global web traffic to Twitter is down 14% year over year. Traffic on the ads Twitter portal 
for advertisers down 16.5%. Performance in mobile was no better, down 17.8% year over year based on combined monthly active users for Apple's iOS and Android. Even though the cultural relevance of Twitter was already starting to decline before Musk took it over, it has been the platform no longer exists and it's been a death by a thousand cuts. So in there, and he just had, they just had a staff meeting where he said the net worth to, this is what he told employees, was $19 billion. Down a smidge from the $44 billion he bought it for a year ago. He also has reportedly tried to claim that the, inner, that the, the, the site itself is only worth $4 billion now in certain realms. $4 billion, which is a 90-plus decrease, a 90%-plus decrease in, in value. This guy couldn't run you know, a truck through a wet paper bag. This, I mean, it's one thing when you look at the guy who's on, who's the, the, the guy that's on trial for the, 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 the fake uh, internet company out there that, uh, that he embezzled all the money from and he's on trial right now. Be, oh God, I can't remember his name. The, uh, got his name too. Oh, uh, it's, uh, uh Sam Bankman fried a free. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the FTX, guy, right? yeah. yeah. The crypto guy, FTX trial. He, you know, there's guys like that. That guy basically was trying to rip you off in the get-go. Elon Musk is supposed to be a respectable businessman, and he couldn't run this thing to save himself. It is amazing how bad he is at this. It is amazing how bad he is at this. Anyway, I also came across an, an, an unbelievable reality in regards to Twitter, what it has shown us. We here have lamented the pa- the fact that people don't read anymore. They don't read books or they don't read they don't read newspaper articles or magazines. They just don't read anymore. I would make an argument, considering the reactions I got to this, that people don't even read freaking birthday cards anymore. That that is too many words for you. I don't have time for a novel. Three sentences. Ah, God. It is clear the vast majority of people who have responded to this have basically done the same exact thing over and over and over again, which is Kaepernick, 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 ah! And that's all they saw. They didn't read anything to it because I actually thought it was a bit of a nuanced tweet now personally. And it has, you know, there. What I have discovered, though, through this little exercise, through this little delightful gem of a situation, what I have discovered is that quite literally nothing pound for pound triggers MAGA Republicans more than Colin Kaepernick. Nothing, nothing even comes close to triggering these guys like Colin Kaepernick. It is unbelievable how furiously angry they are. I mean, it's, it's, it, I said this online. If you go Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Kaepernick in a Beetlejuice musical, far right MAGA people that are there will stop groping their, their, their dates. You know, it is really bizarre how uh, triggered, triggered. Holy crap. Now, I, I've had a few of these MAGA guys say, well, I didn't come to your page. It was put in my timeline by Elon Musk. Once again, going back to, well, he's an idiot and he's running his company into the ground. So, you know, that's on him. I didn't come to you. So, you know, you could just delete me and go away. But they, they've decided to, to attack. 
And it's 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 just this idea. Now, once again, and, and I don't want to get too heavy into sports. I'll just say this: the the Vikings got cap issues. They've got um, they've got some serious problems on what they're going to do. You're you know you're not going to Cam Newton. You know all these other guys that are out there. They're not. They are. They already look at what the Vikings have got. They're not going to take a one a, a, or a half a year deal. They want a year and a half at least. They're going to want to have. You know, they're they're realizing the Vikings are desperate, so they're going to look for money. When I suggest Kaepernick, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I don't think he's going to cost too much if he is even if he is physically fit and able to go, which is a big if. They say he has been training all this time. Like he's going to get another chance in the NFL. I don't know if that's true or not. This is why I said very clearly, if his health is okay, you can't just put a guy who hasn't played or hasn't been practicing to play into a situation like this. You just can't. So I I don't know what you do there, but it seemed like an option on the table because you got to do something. If, and once again, let's go back to the tweet, if you don't stay with the in-house quarterbacks you have. Which is what is my first suggestion is if you can stay with these guys, stay with them. It will cost you less. You will have at least these are guys people know might not be the best year. You could have a a pretty situation like out in San Francisco where that guy's regressed dramatically in the last three weeks. But you you still then can see if you I mean, maybe you might have a gem there. You don't know. It's happened before. Guys have come off the bench. And start throwing the ball around, and you give him a chance. The guy did go three for four after he took onto the went on the field on on passes. That's not bad for a first guy just hitting there cold as as cold can be. That's that's not. And granted, the Green Bay Packers are just atrocious. They are a bad team, but still. Anyway, I you know, I have just been waiting through this unbelievable cesspool of violently, violently angry MAGA heads at the mere suggestion that you can't carry Kaepernick. You can't do that. He's the worst ever. It does bring up an interesting question I might ask uh, Broadcorp when it comes in. Is that, you know, and it's a hypothetical, and hypotheticals are kind of garbage questions anyway, but it's more just his, to get his thoughts on where the mindset is of MAGA. If you were to put a guy like Colin, if you knew in the future that if you put Colin Kaepernick into a team, and, and this is an incredible hypothetical, we don't even know if he's physically healthy or if he could do it. Let's say you did, and they won the Super Bowl. Would you rather have that a Super Bowl win for the Vikings with Colin Kaepernick, or would you rather have them six and eleven out of the running for all the decent draft player, the draft quarterbacks that are up for grabs, and without Kirk Cousins for next year? Because my gut feeling would be now. I mean, I think these guys are all frauds. I think they are all frauds. I think every one of these trolls that's out there. If they all of a sudden found themselves standing next to Colin Kaepernick, be like, Colin Kaepernick, could you please sign this for me? This is great. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I, I, hey, it's Colin. Uh, can you sign this for my kids? All these guys, all of them, they sit there and they say, I would tell him to go away, you anti-American. No, they wouldn't. They would be like, oh, my God, can I get a selfie with you? Oh, my God, I can't believe it. That's what they would do. They absolutely would. And, and and once again, I'll also add this. I mean, this is, like I said, this is a hypothetical beyond a hypothetical because you're looking at a situation where, you know, it, it's really a question of whether or not he could, you know, he could even do anything. But if he did 
my experience has been is that you may not like a quarterback, but all of a sudden he starts throwing touchdowns, you're going to love him. But I just want to call out the – because I spent a lot of time actually looking at a lot of these profiles. <laughs> I spent I, – I, I mean, I don't recommend this. This is a – this is a Jumanji from hell. This is just a, a path down a cobblestone road into the seventh circle. It really is. And I went down and I looked at these guys, and it's clear that these people still honestly think that Colin Kaepernick, who Colin Kaepernick, who who knelt to protest ra- undeniable racial injustice in America, undeniable racial injustice in America. That he knelt to do that as a form of, of silent protest, that that is a thousand times worse than guys storming the U.S. Capitol, beating police officers, threatening to kill the Speaker of the House and the Vice President, and then smearing their feces all over the walls. That that was harmless patriotism, that Colin Kaepernick is a thousand times worse. It's un. Believable. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. Dave, I'll get your call in just a second after the break. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Dave, Dynamo Dave is in Duluth. He wanted to chime in. Welcome on in, Dave. Okay, well, thank you for taking my call, Miraculous Matt. Uh, three things. One, Colin Kaepernick, is, he's the ultimate victim of cancel culture that these uh, right-wingers are always complaining about the liberals canceling them out. This guy's been canceled from an NFL career going back to the end of 2016 season. And if you remember 2017, the Vikings lost Bradford. Chase Keenum stepped in. We had the Minneapolis miracle. Mm-hmm. And so it is possible for a backup, you know, to make it. But the Vikings could have taken Colin Kaepernick at that time. And Kaepernick led the 49ers to the Super Bowl the 2012-13 season, remember? <laughs> well, I know that I, I know this is that it's, you know, it's a and, and thanks, Dave. I appreciate the phone call. <sighs> I, I, I don't want to turn this into a sports talk thing. What I'm mainly pointing out, and this is for everyone out there, you should post something about Colin Kaepernick on your social media pages, on your Twitter feed, and just watch them go crazy. I've never seen anything like this. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, nothing. Nothing like this. Rosie O'Donnell, nothing even close. I have seen people there that – yeah, I have seen people that have been basically just absolutely – the Republicans treat them as a meme. I've never seen anything like this. I have never seen Republicans over and over and over again basically just constantly, and I mean constantly, just ah, ah. I mean it's – and, and it's, it, it is that. And the thing which is funny is that they're like, how dare you? The worst person ever. By the way, you're so triggered. I'm like, <laughs> am I? Am I triggered? Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it is amazing. I have been blocking left and right. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't really have, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think you offer. 
because um, it's it's yeah, it, it, it clearly is nothing there. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. But I'm I'm going to be dead serious. I want to make sure everyone's prepared prepared for this. I am dumping Twitter. This I have said this, and I I will stand by this. I might actually even move this forward. If on Blue Sky Threads and on Mastodon, I get basically a thousand followers between the three of them. That's the end of Twitter for me. I'm not going to stay up on Twitter. It is just there is no value there. There is nothing. It is just a cesspool of hate. It's I, – I mean I mean, it does not surprise me that they are – you know, they, they, they don't I – mean, Elon Musk bought that thing because he had a temper tantrum that people didn't think he was the coolest guy on the planet. And so he bought it so he could shut down all of his his perceived enemies, who, by the way, quickly jumped to other social media sites and are still out there. I mean, Elon Musk's jet is still broadcasting his locations on other different things. And, you know, I don't think anyone thinks he thinks he's, he's cool. But, I mean, he just looks like a pathetic loser who basically is just so desperate to be taken as the cool kid. And, he, and, and I honestly think that this is also – the right running up against that wall again, where they honestly think to themselves, we are the cool kids, we are the popular ones, we are the majority, and they get basically a a, a two-by-four to the face on this, and they're sitting there stunned like, what do you mean we're not the popular ones? What do you mean we're not the right ones? And I got to tell you, especially when you look at AI and you look at politics, I would not be surprised in the least bit, in the least bit, if you saw a situation where, you know, Twitter becomes just a place where such outlandish misinformation propagates. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, Twitter, they will lose basically every respectable advertiser they do if all of a sudden they, they start allowing AI-induced videos of any candidate to go on out there. I think that, you know, regardless of who it is, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a legit, you know, the, 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 the um, Five Nights at Freddy's, is, if that was that the movie. I think that was like the last re- legitimate advertiser I saw. And most of them are, you know, really weird businesses now that or or, or, or crypto. You see a lot of crypto advertising. But it's I mean, I would not be surprised if 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 that is the source of just outlandishly just fake AI induced speeches and stuff that are used to basically just fill the the right wing meme void that they so desperately want fed the narrative validation that they want. And, and it just is it's unbelievable. But like I said, nothing. I have seen things that have made Republicans mad. I have not seen uh, anything, anything like Colin Kaepernick and what he, oh my God. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Schechter here in about in half an hour, so make sure you're here for that. Matt McNeil Show, AM 950. Uh, I have got a humdinger. I mean, this is this is just amazing. And maybe it's because I've, I've had 
you know, I, I'm so tired of these, 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 you know, MAGA people screaming about drag queens and and the LGBTQ community. The reality is, uh, I have actually become convinced that the reason why some children are being abused in this country is because they're just not doing, you know, people are not looking for any other crime unless it has a drag queen involved. And so that people are out there committing crimes and they're turning a blind eye to them because it's not the narrative they want to be true. And I mean, the last week there was, I mean, there, the last week there was, a, there was a story out of the Star Tribune about two teachers that were hired after having problems and then recommitting crimes. And just if you haven't read that story, that's heartbreaking. On top of that, last week I saw six times where it was, you know, non, not an LGBTQ or drag queen, adult individual who was arrested for abusing children. Like six. And the reality is, is I think that these people, they, 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 they probably are seeing red flag behavior around them. And they're just not doing anything about it because wait a minute, that's not a drag queen show. You know, you know, Jim taking fourteen year olds into his house—that's no big problem. And you're like, what are you talking about? Um, this isn't a new story per se, but it is a. It, it, it's kind of hard to kind of under under um, understate how horrible this story is. A former North Dakota legislator from Grand Forks has been indicted on federal charges, including ones alleging he traveled internationally to have sex with minors. The grand jury in North Dakota's U.S. District Court indicted Ray Holmberg, a Republican, on Thursday, October 26. The indictment that was unsealed on Monday alleged he traveled to Prague between June 24, 2011 and November 1, 2016, with intentions of having sex with minors. He also was accused of receiving or attempting to receive child porn between November 24, 2012 and March 4, 2013. The indictment gave few details on the charges, though it lists aliases of Sean Evan and Sean Evans for Holmberg. Always, always an interesting sign when you start having aliases involved with a sitting Republican politician. A warrant for his arrest was issued on Friday. Jail staff in Grand Forks and Vargo say Holmberg has not been booked into their jails as of Monday afternoon. As he is scheduled to appear in court on, on 2 p.m. Monday before Judge Alice Senshaw, Conditions for bond or detention could be set. The charges come more than a year after the forum ran a story showing apparent connections between Holmberg and Nicholas James Morgan DeRossier, 35, who recently uh, pleaded guilty to federal child porn charges. We talked about this guy, this politician, about two years ago when this forum story came out. And we were talking about because what it was is apparently this guy had communicated with this individual. And they found that these two people had connected. But at that point, now, and I could be wrong. I, I'm trying to remember this story as we talked about it. The argument was, well, he didn't have the phone with him at the time, so he don't didn't know who he was talking to. Or, you know, even though there was repeated calls and, and, and there was an effort to try to get information from these warrants. But the, the state government in North Dakota apparently was putting up roadblocks to allowing the media from getting access of this. Mind you, these are federal charges now. So this is not the state of North Dakota anymore. Which, once again, if I remember the original story, seemed to be putting up roadblock after roadblock to try to stop an investigation into this guy. Once again, 
you know, you know, there's, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's going on here. In text messages, Morgan DeRosier received, while in jail on child porn charges in Grand Forks County, a 77-year-old man from Grand Forks asked Morgan DeRosier to bring Morgan DeRosier's 19- or 20-year-old boyfriend over to his house to give him a massage, according to court transcripts. The child porn charges in Grand Forks were dismissed so federal prosecutors could take over the case. The form uncovered through open records requests that from Grand Forks County Jail that Morgan DeRosier and Holmberg exchanged dozens of text messages when Morgan DeRosier was in jail. The newspaper published a story on the text exchange in April of 2022, though it couldn't independently confirm that messages said. Holmberg told the forum that messages were all about patio work and other things. He also said those messages were gone. In another story published last month, the forum discovered more ties between the two men. Holmberg gave Morgan DeRosier a ride in October of 2020 to Bismarck so Morgan DeRosier could discuss the construction fraud case with the North Dakota Attorney General's office. Investigations into the alleged construction fraud led to officers finding evidence related to Morgan DeRosier's child porn case. Federal agents also searched Holmberg's home in November of 2021, according to the search warden. Yeah, that was about two years ago. That was no, yeah, yeah. According to the search warrant, officers seized several items from the house, including a state-issued laptop and iPad, according to the North Dakota Legislative Council. The indictment has ordered property connected to the charges, included an iPad and a Samsung phone, to be forfeited to unclear those state property or personal devices. Holmberg resigned as the legislature in mid-2022, ending a 45-year career as the North Dakota legislature. He was, at the time, the longest-serving state U.S. senator in the U.S., he also chaired the State Appropriations Committee, the Senate Rules Committee, and Legislative Management while in the state legislature. Appropriations decides how much funding to give government. Legislative management determines which lawmakers to assign to regular session committees, what bills are reviewed during special sessions, and what studies to be conducted between regular sessions. Holmberg was considered one of the most powerful lawmakers during his tenure. He also, by far, spent more money on travel than any other lawmaker from 2013 to mid-2022. His trips totaled $125,810, according to the Legislative Council records. North Dakota legislators roughly spent $2.1 million during that time, which would make average out to about $9,200 each for the 20, 229 lawmakers who served in the North Dakota legislature. Records on Holmberg's travel before 2013 were unavailable, the Legislative Council said. So here you have, and I'm going to be very... I, yeah. Um, holy crud that this is, this is unbelievable in regards to, you know, the, I just, I, I guess, and that's the thing is, that's the thing which I, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around is that, you know, how, how long has this guy been doing this? And how long has it been? I, I'm going to guess people were noticing things and they either didn't say anything or they basically were were intentionally trying to um, keep things quiet. I, 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 I don't know. But, you know, here you go again. Not, <clears throat> not a drag queen. I mean, I just I can't I can't say it any um, 
any clearer. Not a drag queen, for God's sakes. What are you doing here? You know, you, you and, and shame on all the people that basically went out there and did not go on out there and, and stop or, or, or kind of roadblocked the investigation into this guy, which it did definitely seemed to happen. And remember, this is North Dakota. Isn't this North Dakota where the guy hit the guy with his car? The, uh, the, the, or excuse me, that was, that was in South Dakota. In South Dakota where the guy hit him with the car. They found his glasses in the front seat of the car, and the guy basically walked away because they would rather allow a murderer with an R next to his name to walk than actually prosecute them. This, of course, once again on the other story I was going to bring up today, but you know, obviously in conjunction, it took a, a Nellie Peterson and a friend a couple of dollars in a few minutes on a background check website to find out that her old high school apparently had not. Uh, Mark Kolosky, Peterson's former volleyball coach, and it had a criminal sexual conduct conviction in Wisconsin. Peterson was stunned that her former school, North Lakes Academy in Forest Lake, had hired someone with that history. The details of the case involving the statutory rape of a 16-year-old girl, Koloski coached in a basketball team, were eerily similar to her own. Koloski, now in prison for assaulting Peterson and another North Lakes resident, clearly had a pattern. I think that's what I actually felt like the victim. Minnesota schools handling a background in reference checks for teachers and employees at the center of two high-profile lawsuits, according including one from Peterson's alleging that North Lakes Academy didn't do enough to let vet Koloski's background to protect students from convicted uh, sex offender. A separate case going before the state Supreme Court on Tuesday could determine whether districts and charter schools are liable when someone with a problematic past is hired and goes on to abuse students. The state's required. Now, I should mention both of the schools here, I believe, involved are private charter schools, if I'm not mistaken. The state requires criminal history background checks as part of the teacher licensure, and it mandates that districts request such a check during the hiring process that districts can either go through the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension or through a private agency contracted by the school, what is what North Lakes Academy did when hiring Koloski. In Minnesota, the rest of the hiring protocol is largely up to the individual school districts, many of which are scrambling to fill openings amid widespread staffing shortages. The whole hiring process varies from district to district and state to state, said Jimmy Adams, executive director of the National Association of State Directors of Teachers, Educators, and Certification. Each location has its own process. At the center of the Supreme Court case are the allegations that Harvest Best Academy failed to protect students in its network of North Minneapolis charter schools – when it hired a teacher and coach who had been accused of sexual assault by a student at a different school. No criminal charges were filed against Aaron Hermstead when he worked at Excel Academy in Brooklyn Park Charter School, but he was put on administrative leave after the allegations and the school didn't renew his contract. Not a year at, late, not long after, Harvest Best Principal hired Hermstead to be a physical education teacher and volunteer basketball coach. He cleared a background check, but the school didn't contact Excel or other previous employers, according to court records. In 2020, a student reported that Hermstead sexually assaulted him while he stayed in the teacher's home. Hermstead is now serving a 12-year prison sentence for assaulting four preteen boys he coached over a span of several years in jobs, and the school is being sued for alleged negligence in failing to follow its own hiring protocols. The call to Harvest Best was not returned. The Court of Appeals ruled the school is not liable in the negligent hiring claim applying the statutory immunity, which can include public schools. 
Anderson's firm appealed the decision to the state Supreme Court. Um, the, you know, the, the Anderson's firm is the firm representing the students, I'm going to guess. While the appeals court has ruling is specific in the facts of the Harvest Best case, Attorney Jeff Anderson said it could not be used to halt similar lawsuits against schools than if it's not overturned by the Supreme Court. This is the kind of case we lose sleep over, Anderson said. We've got a number of cases that were yet to be brought and brought in, that they are now throwing in our face and saying there's nothing you can do legally. Peterson's case against North Lakes Academy. So once again, we're talking about two charter schools, I believe. I don't know if North Lakes Academy is a private school or a charter school, but it's not a public school. Is on appeal, uh, appeal pending Supreme Court decision. Because I, I think one of the things I think that is important about this is this. It seems to me that the public school system does indeed have a pretty secure background check system, at least. And what these cases deal with seems to be a faltering case of, of you know, they, they seem to just be going through some basic background checks that are not really background checks. As this as the story began, the one girl did her own background check and found very quickly. It's like, okay, this is a guy that should not be around other kids. At the time of Kowalski's hire in 2015, North Lakes Academy used a third-party vendor called Protect My Ministry. God. A Florida-based company which specializes in background checks for church volunteers. The basic package uses by the school looks solely – so they got the basic package – Looked at solely at criminal records dating back a decade, according to the court records, missing Kowalski's 1999 criminal sexual contact file uh, conviction in Wisconsin. That case cited five minor victims. Ministry brands, a parent company to protect my ministry, did not return requests for comment. Like, a lot of people don't want to talk about this now, do they? Hey, North Lakes Academy declined to comment either. It's kind of citing the pending case. The school official said a court disposition and the staff didn't ask Kowalski for references or call his previous employer said he mentioned to the school's finance director that he had passed assault conviction in Wisconsin, a claim the school denies. Well, I mean, if you said it like that, you know, the school would, you know, you, you know, you know, in Wisconsin, I mean, if you said it like that, it sounds like you could have, you know, you know, there was a fight after a football game and you're outside of a bar. <laughs> I just, I, I think I, I would like to say that I hope I really do hope these schools get held accountable because and, – and I'm going to go back to this. We have had people show up to public hearings, whether schools or cities, screaming at the top of their lungs about drag queen story and LGBTQ agenda. LGBTQ agenda. And the reality is these kids are not being assaulted by drag queens. They're not being assaulted by the LGBTQ community. They're being assaulted by adults who've been put into power that we should be able to trust. And no, don't give me this crap from these school districts about, well, we didn't know. No, you don't hear about stuff like this happening on any large consistent basis in regards to, 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 to public schools. And even the story talks about you went and got the cheap package because you didn't want to have to pay too much to do an actual background check on grown adults who are going to be around children. Not drag queens. 
And I can only imagine, I'm, I'm sorry, I think about this guy in North Dakota who's been in a position of power for decades. It is my belief right now that the right in this country doesn't care about stopping this stuff nearly as much as they care about trying to find certain people abusing children. And so when they can't find the narrative of the child abuse that fits their political ideology, they're ignoring the reality that's around us. For a bunch of people that scream, we care about the kids, you sure do a crap job of doing it. And I and you wonder how you look at what happened in the Catholic Church. You look at what happened with the Boy Scouts of America. How does that happen? Because people refuse to look at where the actual abuse is happening. Why? Because they, they so desperately want their narrative to be true instead. Just disgusting. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I got a car accident story to talk about when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Brett, have you ever been around a moose? Uh, I have not. No, not in person. Have you ever seen the ones over at the Minnesota Zoo? Uh, probably at some point. I yes. got to feed them. They brought out the sticks and they, oh, let really? people, they let people feed them. Those are big, man. Well, I also, I was mountain biking one time. When I lived in Bemidji. I was working up there and I, I flushed a moose. And the good news was that moose was just as terrified as I was. And we both headed in the same direction. But I've never pedaled faster in my entire freaking life. That was like the, it was like a, a, a huge rock just rose. You know what I mean? It's just that big. When I was up in Bemidji, there was a car accident. A car had hit a moose. The moose was pretty bothered by this and thrust its antler into the engine block through the hood of the car. <laughs> the police said, you had to see something crazy? So it took a look like, wow, and broke off. It was in there. The moose just kind of added and walked away. The moose walked away. <laughs> Please. Sending a message after you. Come on. Dare you hit me. I'm just, I'm looking for watercress. Anyway, so this is actually kind of interesting because it doesn't sound like things ended so well for the moose this time around. The moose, a wandered into a northern Minnesota highway, sparked a crash involving three vehicles this past weekend. The crash happened on Highway 53 south of Eveleth. That is south for a moose. I mean, moose used to, you, you know, you could find moose all the way south of Duluth back in the day. But with the climate change happening, you usually only find the moose now really up on those border lakes, up in that area. I mean, they're not around that much. Down in Eveleth? I mean, that's by where my cabin is. I've never seen a moose in that area. I've seen one out by Ely, and I've seen them over by, you know, I've seen them firsthand over by Bemidji, but I have not seen in my lifetime a moose in the Eveleth area. Um, the Kia Forte made direct impact with a moose, sustaining heavy damage as the result. Wow. 
Then a Buick Encore also struck the moose while the driver of the GMC terrain swerved into a ditch to avoid hitting the animal or the other two vehicles. The Kia was being driven by a 16-year-old boy from Brit, a 16-year-old female passenger from Gilbert, suffering minor injuries in the crash. Oh, date night. The Buick contained a 17-year-old male driver and a 17-year-old girl passenger from Mountain Iron and Eveleth, respectively, neither of whom were hurt. The driver of the GMC, 43-year-old man from Aurora, Minnesota, also injured. I'm going to guess the moose didn't make it this time because the the the, the first vehicle, the Kia. I mean, I I mean that thing probably bounced off the moose, but it's the Buick. It's a Buick Encore. That's 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 going to leave a mark. <laughs> I'm going to guess. That. Yeah, they did. We don't have a condition of the moose. I can't imagine it's it's very good. But if you head over to Paul's Market in Eveleth, I imagine there might have some moose sausage. I know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I will say this. I to one part of me is like, okay, I I, I want to see. Are, are there still moose still around in that area? Well, probably not anymore. That might have been the last one. I mean, there's not many in that. I've seriously, I've gone up to that cabin. I've spent probably four or five years of my life just going up in that area, vacationing. I've never seen a moose in that area. So I I, I think it was probably a fluke. But still, you know, watch out for moose because. That is that is not going to go well for you. Hour two, that's coming up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Monday. Going to be with you, Matt and Brett here. And your pre-Halloween Eve. Like I said, I am covered in pumpkin today, Matt. I made up a real nice one. I'll take a picture of it tonight. I made, I made up a real ornate one. This next one is seriously just going to be a straight Charlie Brown job, though. Just, <laughs> just triangle eyes, triangle schnoz, and a, I might just do a circle for the mouth, and then we're done with it. <laughs> Give it up. Do you do any pumpkins at all? Or no, anything? I don't, no. Do you have any kids come by your, your place at all? Or no, you got no, I don't have any kids that usually come by. I've got enough candy for the usual haul, but my guess is going to be with it going to be cold. I mean, we're going to get some snow flurries tonight, and then it's going to be cold tomorrow. I still think I'm going to get... Probably fifty kids. You think even when it's supposed to be one of the coldest Halloweens, I don't think. Well, we're you get and that. Patrick need to be hoping that it does stay cold and we don't get any kids because obviously you guys are going to inherit all the candy we don't we don't give out. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, there'll be a big pile out here, so you're hoping it's not a big crew. And no, you're not going to have any of the Reeses. I'm going to keep all those. That's just those Reeses are mine. All right. Oh, you're going to give us all the. Uh, like a bit of honey, a little, yeah. little bit of honey action, a little Charleston chew, some <laughs> chuckles will get you all set up there. Uh, Cliff Schechter is kind enough to join us today uh, to talk about politics. Of course, the Blue Amp channel is available on YouTube. If you're not following that, subscribe there. You are absolutely wrong. It's brilliant stuff. I post a lot of the, the videos there, and they are so good. He's kind enough today to talk to, about politics and other things. Hey, Cliff. Cliff, you there? Do we lose Cliff? We'll try him back. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, let's give, give him a quick ring back. Let's see if we we got him here. I will say, underrated. I know I'm a weirdo. I like the almond joys, man. I like I like the almond joys. I like almond joys, but Butterfingers, yeah. And maybe what it is is I don't have them at hardly at all. So, yeah, it's 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 nice when I do get to have them. So do it, it's uh, nine five two nine. We got we got we got. Clip? Yeah, we're gonna call him back. We're not getting a great connection. Oh, we not? Well, it's Cincinnati. It's it's what is the chili interfering with it? <laughs> uh, all right, we'll we'll get Cliff on back. A good chance to remind you: tomorrow is Halloween. 
most places have trick-or-treaters tomorrow night. Be careful. Just, just watch out driving. Watch out tomorrow. It could – I mean, I was watching Sven's weather forecast. It could be a little slippery tomorrow. Probably it's not going to be by – it's going to be windy, so that will take care of any snow if any does accumulate. But it's just uh, – you want to be careful out there and just, uh, you know, be careful with the, with the kiddos and have a, a wonderful, safe Halloween out there. Cliff, are you finally there, my friend? I hope so. Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, I got you, Matt. But are, do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters at your house on Halloween? Yeah, we're we're on a pretty residential block, and there's a bunch of families on here, so we get a pretty good number. Absolutely, Was, is we do our stuff. We carve some pumpkins, you know. We, uh, we 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 put out the candy, you know. Make sure to give the kids some bourbon. I'm kidding. There is one awesome dude in the neighborhood though who always gives out uh, adult treats, as he says. Oh, really? And not to the not to the kids, okay. but to the parents. You know, when you bring your younger kids around. Um, now my kids are 17 and 14, so it's not really an issue. But like when you would when you'd be the the parent taking them out because it always seems like it's so cold. So he'd give you like a you know he'd give you mini bottles of like bourbon and you know stuff like that, which I always found to be pretty cool. We did have a neighbor like that. He he and his other the other houses there would always get together. They'd have big candy bars, which was great. The kids loved that house. But you also, if it was a cold night, they would have they'd have a little sifter or something for you if you came on by. That was always a nice little treat. Yeah, that's sounds, that, that's good stuff. I also, um, I also would grab a few of the big candy bars. I mean, those are nice. <laughs> oh my god, dude, dude, who's not going with that? The big Hershey's, the big. I mean, you know, to make myself feel better, a big Snickers because I I convince myself that the peanuts in there because they have protein that I'm doing something not so bad. You know, like I can convince myself of anything, obviously. But isn't that like the greatest ad campaign? Hey, eat a candy bar. It's protein. Yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure they did that at some point, right? It tricked me and, and made it so that the, they they branded it so that it went really well and totally tricked me, and I'm now you know addicted. So good work by them. Uh, you and it. you and I talk baseball, and I imagine this is going to be a brief conversation because I have looked at the lineups of the teams that have gotten in that were in the playoffs. By far, the Texas Rangers are the most boring team in the American League. We're having a little debate on whether Miami would have been more boring than Arizona. But needless to say, this is are you are you gripped to your television on this World Series? Because I can't get excited about this at all. I'm as ungripped as you can be. Yeah. Um, I told you I wanted you guys to get there, and my my other team was was Philly. I, I think Philly would have. I mean, I lived in Philadelphia for college, so. I'm partial to them, even you know, and, and as a Yankees fan, um, that they, they, you know, I'm not a Mets fan, so the Phillies aren't, aren't really competitors with my team. Uh, so it was an easy to, um, team to embrace, and um, and yeah, I love you know, I love Bryce Harper, Schwarber is hitting those things five miles out of the stadium. Like that was a lineup to watch. So I was excited for them. I thought they could be so much of a fun team uh, once they lost. I mean. I would have loved them, and I would have hated the Astros, and that would have given me a reason to watch the World Series if either of those teams made it. But as you pointed out, like the two most boring teams in the world made it. So I just, <laughs> you know, Garcia is incredible with some of what he does, but overall, like they're just not exciting teams. So now I'm not. I didn't even watch. I haven't watched a game yet. Yeah. I mean, I had things that I had to be out at and do, but I mean, I suppose I would have like gone out of my way to cancel those things if I really, really felt I had to watch it. But 
It ain't winning me over. Well, and Brett uh, mentioned before, you know, during one of the breaks, he said, well, you know, Houston, I wouldn't want to see Houston there. I said, yeah, but even if Houston would have gotten there, I would have rooted for the National League team just to beat them. You know, I just – there would have at least been that interest. I didn't want them to win. This is just a whole bunch of, uh, I don't care. I mean, two yeah. teams I could care less about. That's the thing. Is I, rooted, I wanted the Rangers to beat Houston because I hate Houston with every fiber of my being. So I want you guys to beat Houston. I want the Rangers to – but the problem is, once the Rangers actually did it, then I lost. Then there's nothing interesting <laughs> left, right? So, so in a way, it would have been better if Houston had won, because then I could sit there and, and find a way to root for the Diamondbacks like crazy, because I hate Houston so much. But you know, there's just there's no rooting interest. Like I just had zero care in either direction for for these teams, and they're not exciting teams, as you said. So, nope. Don't really care. What can I do? Speaking of boring, like the Bengals un- beat the 49ers yesterday. Yes, and that, that was cool. That was a very nice, solid, and that was a dominant victory on the road too. That was very nice for you there. Uh, yeah, that was like the team that we thought they were going to be, you know, that, that from the past. So I'm going to hope that that uh, that team remains and doesn't disappear. Uh, speaking of going under the radar, Mike Johnson. Uh, this was a little bit of a surprise when he became the Speaker of the House. And it almost – I mean, I, the more that comes out on this guy, the more I am like, how in the world did the non-MAGA Republicans in the House go along with this? Because this guy – I mean, it, it's – yeah, he's quiet and he has this little – this act he does where he does kind of the, the folksy town square lawyer from the South where I talk about this. Yeah. The reality is though he lies constantly. Um, he he's had some incredibly disturbing associations in the past, and his political stances and his legal stances are. I mean, they, he said he wanted to have a an 18th century government, the 1700s. He actually wishes we could go back to that, and I think, and that means everything. I really do, honestly, think that guy thinks back to those good, as the oh. good old days. He's a literal literal crazy person, and <laughs> if they, I mean. He, if they don't use that, the I, I just you know the, the Democratic Party it will be malpractice, and I've already seen them doing this, so I don't think I think they get it. Um, but it will be literal malpractice if all eighteen Republicans in Biden won districts, not to mention about another dozen or so who are in you know, slight lean Republican districts that are winnable for us or whatever you know, like Lauren Boebert's district. You know, I mean, obviously, the easiest thing with Lauren Boebert is to tire to, in commercials to Lauren Boebert. <laughs> but also, you know, but the Mike Johnson stuff is incredibly important. I did a video on him because people have done videos on his obsession with banning abortion, which he now lies about. As you said, he lies so easily. Like these these religious nuts who claim that to have some understanding of Jesus and be, you know, more holy than the rest of us, which is, by the way, exactly if you read anything Jesus said, what Jesus warned you about, is to not pay attention to people like that. Um, but these people that do that kind of stuff and then lie with such ease, and, and you know, I mean, they asked him about George Santos, and he's like, well, you know, I, I, we, I don't think we should expel him. I mean, we've got a really small, you know, uh, we really have a small, you know, right now margin, and it's like, how can you, you know, like, I just feel like yelling curses at him, to be honest with you, which I won't do on your show, but you're just like, you are so full of crap. <laughs> I mean, here one minute you're sitting here saying how devoted you are to Jesus, but the next minute, you know, through the biblical word and the, the Ten Commandments and honesty, 
but the guy who's been charged with felonies in two different countries and has lied about everything from who he is, his name, we don't even know who the hell the guy really is, to the fact that, that he, he took donations from people then took their credit card numbers and ripped them off. George Santos, but you're willing to keep him so your margin is padded by one vote. But you're going to claim you're religious? I mean, you know, and it just goes so far beyond the nuttery, the anti. I mean, the, he's not just against gay marriage. He's not just against gay rights. He thinks that we should ban it. We should have, again, sodomy laws. Yes. So he does believe in the 18th century. And then here's the thing, and I've heard women say this who've looked at him, you know, the way he, but some people just are creepy. <laughs> and these fundamentalist guys who are all, I mean, it always happens, right? Larry Craig, you're sponsoring the, the, the amendment to ban gay marriage, and then we catch you tap dancing. And where? The Minneapolis airport, actually. Your famous airport. And it, um, it is a sexy airport. You, you know, how many of these different different pastors and people we've caught who lecture everybody about everything, and then we find out, God, the horrible things, you know, them with kids and all. I mean, there's, as I said, the minute he we found out about how, what a religious nut he was, my response immediately was, there's something weird there. There will be. Watch. Anybody who joins religious cults like that, he's crazy. And, of course, he believes in this covenant marriage garbage that makes it impossible to get divorced, even if the wife is being abused. But, like, you know, he's, he's tied into the alliance for defending freedom. We're the ones right now, by the way, trying to put a case in front of the Supreme Court to ban birth control. Um, but, but, like... You've seen this story already, right, about the, the black son who's 11 years younger than him well, doesn't appear in family photos? Like, I knew it. I knew there'd be a creepy Nestor Matt Gates thing there, and of course there is. Well, and let's— Who is the uh, age of—go uh, ahead. Well, I want to bring that up. That's one of the things that's really, really weird about this guy. He has multiple times bragged about this black child that he adopted, which, fine, great. You know, you know that's, that's what you want to do. But someone started to notice that none of his family photos that were officially released included this black son. And then you find out it's a guy that was like 18 when he was 29. And yeah, no, he's 11 years younger than Yeah, him. it's and weird. No, I mean, no guy in their 20s adopts somebody who adopts a, a kid who is a full-on, not just mid-teenager, but late teenager. Nobody does that. It is creepy as hell. And it's all, you've always got this weird paternalistic, the way, you know, with, with Matt Gates, it was Nestor, a Latino kid. It's always a minority kid that, that you see these guys doing it with because there's this paternalistic, racist, I'm going to take care of you thing about it that I, don't, I can't even get into. I don't understand. But, like, I mean, what are we thinking here? You know, I mean... You know, Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, suddenly we find out about the pool boy, John Carlo. I mean, you know, there, there's it, it, just the way you do, there's something creepy there. And, of course, there was. It all came out eventually. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I will predict right up because I predicted there'd be something creepy about this guy. The minute I learned he was a religious religious lunatic, and already we've got it with, with, with the 11-year-younger black child who, who magically doesn't appear in any family pictures, but... We're going to find out something. I'm just saying, I'm not going to go into it because I'm not going to say things I don't have proof of right now. But there is something absolutely creepy going on there. And I will, I'm willing to bet you at this point, it is far from all. Well, and, and you're much more. And here's to back you up his entire explanation 
is backpedaling like crazy. Oh, yes, he's a proud member of the family, and we're done talking about it. You can't talk to him for privacy reasons. We're going to do it. I've actually had someone – I saw someone else, and, and it might be something weird like what you're alluding to. Someone said to me, in some places in the South, people will do this because then they basically will, they, they adopt this person, and for room and board, that person has to work for them. And that's it, the, I mean, that's, that's the other creepy thing I'm thinking. Like, literally – we're talking about modern slavery. Yeah, that's the one thing that it does seem like. I mean, there this is something that has happened occasionally in in suddenly southern areas, like where this guy is from, where they feel as if no. When and this is a guy who said we need to take things back to the 1700s, that they feel as if those were the good old days. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. That's why he's desperately trying to get rid of this. Is because if he all of a sudden basically adopted a black child just to have him as a servant in his house, you know, come on, man. You, I mean, I, I mean, at that point, you've got to have the moderate Republicans themselves. I imagine would would try to throw him out of there. Well, you'd hope so, but I mean, all these ones they had all these conditions, you know, and even conservatives who trying to pretend they were principled. Ken Buck, oh. I won't vote for somebody who rejected the election. Oh, but you voted for the guy that led the effort to overturn the election. You know, I mean, these others who were like, Jim Jordan is too crazy. We can't support him. You know, some of the more moderate ones from the from these districts in New York and California all lined up and voted for this guy. Oh, my God. I, you know, I wish I were running campaigns in all those places. I do have a big email list. And I do have a YouTube channel. And, and I am going to, to do everything I can to remind everybody constantly in those districts, uh, because these 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 chumps who pretend they're moderate will try to run away from this, you know. And but they, you know, you let them get away with this, uh, you, you pathetically lost. Yeah. They should be tied at the hip. A bunch of them voted for Jim Jordan once too, by the way, yeah. and then backed off later. They should be tied to their votes for Jim Jordan. They should be tied to their to their votes for this creepy religious lunatic. They should be tied to their support for Donald Trump. I mean, there's simply no reason that almost every one of those districts, you know, we shouldn't pick up. And again, another half dozen to a, to, to a dozen and a half that are anywhere up to like, you know, Republican plus five that are anywhere from tied to slight Republican districts. We, they should have to pay for this. Well, and, and we, this should this should be out there for everybody. Well, and we should remind her: ever since they overturned Roe v. Wade, there has been that undeniable about seven point swing, and so that that is that's out there too. What do you think? You brought up the fact that he was the lead um, point man in the House to basically overthrow, without any evidence whatsoever, to overthrow the twenty twenty election in favor of Trump. What do you think of the, uh, the the mentality a lot of people in the left feel is if his job right now is to make sure that in 2024 that the election is thrown out if Biden wins by a landslide, that it gets thrown out and they install Trump as the president? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all that that's why he's there. Um, but, you know, that, that puts the onus on us that much more. It's not the old Congress that swears in, you know, that, 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 that looks over the electoral budget for the new Congress. So kick them out by large numbers, win those districts. I mean, there's literally no reason in a, in a uh, Biden versus Trump year and, you know, in, and Trump at that point will likely have been convicted of at least a couple crimes with this creepy speaker uh, of the house that you shouldn't pick up at least 35 seats, honestly. Yeah. And destroy them. At least. At least. At least. I mean, you should be aiming for 60. Yeah. 
as you said, a seven-point swing. Well, there you go. But every district, I mean, there's some, there will be some exceptions where there aren't good Democratic candidates, and there'll be some other ones where, you know, for whatever reason, there's an actual good Republican candidate. But basically, you should be looking at every district that goes up to R plus seven, uh, and you should be taking them on. And people forget Adam Frisch, you know, was taking on Lauren Boebert. Now, granted, she's such a moron and, of course, <laughs> has done so much more since then. But then again, Beetlejuice is a very sexy uh, it show. Is. So it I really is. So yeah. her issues. But, um, I mean, you know, Adam Frisch came within 530 votes of beating her. And she is in an R plus six, I want to say, district or something like that. Again, we can win those districts. We should be going for all of them. We should be going to win 50 to 60 of these things to absolutely destroy them. Well, Stauber, Minnesota 8, he's up in Minnesota 8. That's a, that's a, I think that's a plus one Republican district now. Even he jumped away from Jim Jordan on that second vote. He jumped away from him because, and that told me a lot there. But then what does he do? He goes out and votes for the yep. psychopath from New, uh, from Louisiana. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think all these guys, you, you know, this is that was a unanimous vote, and that's one of the things which I is definitely, as you said, that's going to be an anchor on these guys as it drags it down. Because, and I'm, I'm going to bring up something you'd mentioned: the sodomy laws. I think that if I mean I, we, that this guy has worked for an agency that wants to bring back laws which dictate what kind of sex you can have with your partner in the privacy of your own home. If that is not some sick, twisted, psychopathic stuff, I don't know what it is. No, I mean, that it is that. Banning birth control, telling you who you're allowed to love and not allowed to love. I mean, he is a creepy, weird little throwback I don't know if you saw like the picture of him with his wife too. She literally looked hypnotized. Yeah, they they are some freaky, weird people, and they should be referred to that way. This is not normal. These religious sects like that are not normal. That have that that do these creepy covenant marriage things, and the rest of them like no, I, I, like it, this guy and everything he represents should be tied around their necks because seventy percent of this country is repulsed by that. Oh, it is. Uh, uh, I, first of all, I want to remind everyone, if you are not an, a, a subscriber to the Blue Amp channel on YouTube with Cliff Schechter, you need to be. Uh, it's YouTube, YouTube.com backslash C Schechter. I'll link to everything a little bit later on so you can go subscribe there. These videos are coming out on a real regular basis. I post them all on social media as well so you can find them there. Cliff, uh, outstanding take. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait for another baseball year for us to get excited again. But <laughs> yeah. I I am feeling pretty good with the Twins pitching staff. It looks like that's going to stay mostly intact. So I'm feeling it hopeful. It looks awesome, next- man. Oh. I, I I was I was sad. I thought they were going to pull it off, but you know what? We got next year. We got, there's oh that's the great thing about baseball. There's always next year. Uh, well not not for some teams, but I mean the Royals, no, not or, <laughs> or the A's, no, not really. But everyone else, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The A's, there's it's like there's always. Where we'll be playing next year. We're still figuring it out. (laughs) Cliff Schechter, uh, my show is better when you're on it. Thank you very much, Cliff. I appreciate the time. Thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Take care. Cliff Schechter on our show. We'll take a break. Come on back. Uh, A quick segment when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Johnson is weird, and he's also just a consummate liar. 
running for Congress in 2016, he signed a congressional term limits pledge to be organized by the called the U.S. Term Limits. I pledge as a member of the Congress I will uh, co-sponsor and vote for a U.S. Term Limits Amendment of three House terms only. Currently, he's in his fourth term. So, you know, that's all you need. You know, he's just he's a weirdo, man. That whole kid, that, that whole adopted son thing. There is something there. He cannot get away with it. And you, and okay, so we know about this because of old videos where he basically says, you know, Jesus, Bible, Bible, Jesus, that's where I, that's how I lead. And he, he sits there and he says, I, I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't know this about me, but I adopted a black child and that black child, we, we, we consider him our family. And, you know, he repeatedly said this. This is not something he said like one time. He repeatedly said this. And that's when people started looking into the family photos and like, there's what black child? There's no black child in any of these photos. Well, then you find out it was a kid that was 11 years younger than him. And someone told me that in some places in the South where the, where the white power sect basically still is in control, they want to basically put slavery back on the, the menu. And that in some places, what will happen is you will have a family adopt, quote unquote, adopt a black child. That child lives with them and basically does all their chores, cleaning and all that stuff, yard work and stuff like that under this guise. And the argument they say is, well, we pay them room, board and food. So that's what they get in return. And I said, is that what is that what's going on here? And they said, I don't know, but. This is weird. The guy was 29. The child he adopted was 18. And and once again, he cannot get away from that story fast enough. He refuses to talk anymore about it. The, 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 the so-called adopted son is being intentionally kept away from all media because he doesn't want him talking to anyone. I mean, it could be what Cliff is saying, that there could be some kind of Weird thing going on the side. We've heard about these things before. I mean, for goodness sakes, we had it in the last hour. We were talking about the longest-serving North Dakota congressman and senator in history basically taking trips to Prague repeatedly to engage in, in, in child sex acts. Come on, man. That's, that's the charges against him and now under federal charges. Uh, it is, and and yet once again, because the way these guys have fixed the system, and because of the apathy of of the left at times, this is one of those things where you just basically, it's, it is what it is, man. It's you just, you know, these people are able to get in control with just representing a very small portion of the population, and we all suffer, and so I'm tired of freaking suffering. I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of it. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Speaking of suffering, the Vikings. It's uh, we 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 got uh, Broadcorp. He, he's he he actually contacted me this morning saying we got to talk about this. He is he is sad. We will chat with him when we do return on the loss of Kirk Cousins. It is the Matt McNeil show right here on AM nine fifty. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is a post-Vikings day, a dark day indeed in Minnesota. And Michael Broadcorp is kind enough to join us today to talk about what exactly happened in Green Bay yesterday. Hey, Michael, how are you, my friend? Are you doing okay? 
I'm getting by. I'm getting by. It's a mixed bag today. It's certainly going to be a mixed bag today. Let's let's talk how positive first. The, the Vikings overall that entire game. Absolutely, I can't remember the last time they went into Green Bay and dominated the Packers as much as they did yesterday. It was great to see. It was great to see. Um, they went in, you know, Cousins and the team just did great. Defense did great. Yeah, uh, it was a solid performance, and we were on a good trajectory to come out of there with a lot of momentum. One of the things that you and I have been talking about the last few weeks, Matt, is in the NFC North is making sure that the Vikings, there was a, we were wishing and hoping and praying that they would come out of this game with Green Bay being four and four. That's where they came. Um, but unfortunately in that last quarter, we had some challenges that are going to be really career, really, really going to be season altering, but it was a, there was a lot of promise in that game, a lot in the defense um, and a lot of just overall play that had a lot of Minnesotans feeling good about this team, particularly where they started the day in terms of their in terms of their ranking and where they ended it. They are now four and four. They are uh, uh, Detroit plays tonight. They are two games as of right now out of first place, um, and uh, we'll see what Detroit does tonight. But the Vikings could either be still two out or they could be one game out of first place uh, by the end of, by the end of tonight. But we'll see. But there's. Other heartbreaking news that came out of Green Bay today, or well, yesterday, excuse me. Well, and it should be noted that if, you know, and we are basically halfway through the season, um, if the, the season ended today, we are actually a playoff team. We are the seventh seed. Yes. And so that that's the case. Uh, so, I mean, most people in Minneapolis know, Minneapolis-St. Paul know this now, uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, moves, it takes the ball, walks back, just catches something. Something happened, and he immediately kind of went down. His uh, he had tore his Achilles tendon, um, of an incredibly serious. It has been confirmed. It is a torn Achilles, and he his season is now done. Uh, because yeah, it's going to take you know basically a year to come back from this. You know, let me just say a couple of things. I think that we have been so so on Kirk Cousins uh, most of this most of the season, and most of we've been talking. But ultimately, there's this. This guy is a huge part of this team. He is revered by his fellow teammates, loved and adored, and he's been a leader on the team. And I just got to say, um, it's just tough today. And, and, and I think a lot of people, and maybe a little bit of me included, have to be you know wondering today, uh, we didn't know how good we had it until he was gone. And it's sad to see him leave this way. It's sad to see him be out for the season. He's a good player. He's been a strong player, too. Uh, rarely missed a game. I think he missed a game. One game he missed because of COVID, but he's been, re- he's been injury-free um, all throughout his career. And just, just to put out where he was, he was leading the league with 18 passing touchdowns. This is at the time of the injury. He was leading the league with 18 passing touchdowns, second in passing yards, and third in overall passer rating. And so... On a, from a numbers standpoint, he was delivering as good as nearly any other quarterback in the NFL. There are other you know, issues with the Vikings, but Kirk Cousins was there. He's going to be missed, and it's tough to see it happen. It's just really debilitating for Vikings fans, but most importantly, just hope and pray that Kirk Cousins uh, is going to be okay and that his, that his football career is not over with. The last touchdown he threw to Addison was a thing of beauty. He put it into a window about a foot wide at, at 30 yards, 
and Addison. That was right after the, the, the interception, and it was the, the quick hit. And it was such a pretty pass. I, I say this not because I want to you know, put salt into wounds, but to make your point is that you know Kirk Cousins, as much as a lot of people vilified him, was truly actually has been and has been one of the better quarterbacks in the league for years. It just is that you know it's it's always been the point for some reason he came into town and there has always been this element of hate on Kirk Cousins. But the reality is the guy had an insane amount of talent. And as I think you're seeing now, a lot of people who are vilifying him are all of a sudden now blubbering because they all of a sudden realize the guy that they say they hated, well, he, he was actually their best chance at getting into the playoffs and, and making a, a run there. He's had 171 touchdowns, 55 INTs with the Vikings. 23,265 yards, uh, yards per game, 264, 67%, uh, 67.9 completion percentage. The numbers are there. You are right in saying that, and, and I would include myself in, in some of that category, that he just weren't always sold on him. But the numbers are there, the stats are there, and uh, I tell you, uh, I miss him today, mm-hmm. and I miss him today, and uh, – it's going to be tough. We'll see where the Vikings go. Number of number of number number of ideas and concepts out there as to where they go, and we'll see what happens. But this is a tough, a tough position to fill now for the Vikings, and this is not where we expected to be. But again, I just hope that uh, Cousins is able to come back, and and I hope he's not. I honestly. I hope he's not done with the Vikings. Well, and and let me put, I'm going to really put the sports helmet on you today. All right. Okay, so Cousins you know his contract was going to end at the end of this year. Um he's not and he's going to be a free agent. Clearly the Vikings are not going to sign him now through the end of this year. I think his best bet to stay in the league is probably the Vikings. I don't see I mean I don't see anyone else going out there. He was looking at probably a fairly substantial payday. Now he's probably going to be looking at a short-term contract for for less than he was going to be getting. You know, do you feel as if the Vikings will try to bring him back? I mean, obviously a lot of it hinges on his recovery, but if he does recover, I mean, do you think that there's going to be an intent by the Vikings to bring him back into the fold or is this kind of a time for them to sit back and not look for a band-aid, but look for a, a, a complete replacement. I think it's the job of the Minnesota Vikings is to win a Super Bowl, and that's what the, the fans of Minnesota need, want, and deserve. And so, I think it's tough to see a scenario by which he comes back. I completely agree with your analysis that if he comes back in the NFL, the clearest path is with the Vikings. I think he wants to be here. Yeah, and. I think that if there is loyalty in NFL organizations, although it is a business, I think um, he's earned the opportunity to come back and be a Viking. But I just, you know, that's honestly above my pay grade. I just don't know. I can see it from both sides. But boy, oh boy, that last touchdown was pretty at Green Bay. And for him to, you know, suffer that type of injury. And at this time, it's never a good time to have that type of injury. But in terms of where he was in his career, in terms of his contract, I do believe, with your with your assessment, that if he comes back, I think it's logical that he comes back to the Vikings, but I don't know if he does. Jaron Hall, we are basically doing what a lot of people are doing. Like, who the heck is our backup? A uh, kid from BYU. Um, 
Uh, number 16. He Here is, I'm going to give you, I am going to find a silver lining here. This kid went in completely not expecting to go into this game. He goes up against one of our divisional rivals on the road. He still goes three for th- four of the passes he threw. He did get sacked, not his fault. That was the the line failed there. But he didn't look bad. Now, very tiny margin here. What is your thoughts on Jaron Hall? Is this one of those cases where, you know, if 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 the coaching staff has some faith in this kid, understanding there's going to be a learning curve, do you throw him into the, the, the fray and let him go as opposed to bring someone in from outside the organization? I think the I think the smart play for the Vikings is to is to work on him and to have him go there and to, and to stick with him. You know, there's a lot of talk. Here's the thing: I just you know Vikings fans have high expectations. Every NFL team does, but you know we're in Minnesota. We have high expectations. We want to see the Vikings win. We want to see the Vikings succeed, and we want to see them produce. And so it's going to be tough, as you know, pointed out. We're halfway during the season. It's, we're eight and eight. I mean, we're four. It's halfway during the season. We're four and four. We're back. We battled back to 500 after starting 0 and 3, um, and so there's a lot of Vikings fans who want this, want the energy and enthusiasm to continue. I, I don't. I mean, so I think you know. I saw you know Kevin O'Connell today made made statements about uh, you know didn't commit, didn't commit to going to that direction. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, interest about the fact of whether they bring someone in to play. One thing I do. I want to point out is, is I've had a number of people DM me and talk about Case Keenum. I just have to tell you, if one more person doesn't, I'm going to change my phone number. <laughs> if one more person sends me a text about Case Keenum, I just have to tell you, and, and Kevin O'Connell, uh, made a statement that, uh, his phone has been, his phone has been going off the hook and he's been reading some bizarre kind of, theor- uh, suggestions that he's been receiving on his phone too. I just don't think going back to Case Keenum is where the Vikings should go. Uh, Kevin O'Connell said today, you wouldn't believe some of the things on my cell phone I've received over the last 24 hours. Uh, I've had grown adults send me text messages saying, "We Case Keenum, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. I just don't think that's where, uh, that's the stability that this, the, this team needs right now. And I think even if you work within the confines of who's on the roster right now, I think that's more of a stable decision than bringing someone in just for four or five games, I mean, just for the remaining, you know, uh, seven, eight games uh, where we're at and trying to limp into the playoffs. I just don't know that that's a way in which, I just don't know if that's what the Vikings need right now and what's best for the organization. Bringing someone in, limping in for the last uh, seven games here and hoping that you can bandage this team back together. I just don't know if that's right for the Vikings. Well, What's and, your take? Well, and okay. My thought process on this is if, if you're going to bring in somebody, you're looking for a Band-Aid. You know, as you, yeah. and I, you and I can attest. Okay, so there's some quarterbacks coming into the draft next year. You're not going to... Um, you're not going to get them. There's 15 teams currently worse than us, and they're not going to oblige us by getting five wins. So, you know, you're probably going to finish out of of draft contention there to get one of those quarterbacks. But once again, for every Peyton Manning, there's a Ryan Leaf. So you got to be careful with that. So you you have to yeah. look at what's around. If you're not going to go with the, the, the this kid that we've got from BYU, then... I think you have to look around. I've had Cam Newton mentioned. I've had uh, uh, Wentz mentioned. I, you know, it, and I got something to ask you here because this is where it gets. There is a political element to this. I, 
I made the point. I said, you know, if you, I, I, my first hope is I actually do hope they stay in house because you know then they can evaluate. Do do you spend a trade to move up in the draft to get one of these guys? See what you got in Hall right. and, and and go with that. That's kind of my first hope that they do because I'm a little bit wary of where you go. But I would say this is that considering you're looking at a band aid, most of these guys are going to want. They know, you know that uh, that Kirk Cousins is probably not going to be back next year. Their agents are going to be demanding a year-and-a-half contract, not a one-a-half-year contract. They're going to be wanting a lot of money, especially in that second year. I suggested if he's healthy, you should be calling – and I, I, I say this about calling everyone. Colin Kaepernick. I say you give him a call. Has he been working out? Has he been healthy? Because there's a guy you could get pretty cheap if he's ready to go. They went yeah, nuts. I mean, the, the, they went nuts. The question, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and the question right now is is who can play? And again, yeah, exactly. I think we're kind of landing. I think we're kind of landing at the same point, which is that anyone you bring in is a band aid. And what's best for the organization is the remaining seven games of this season. Um, is it better just to work within the confines of what we have? Is it better to win? You know, is it better to? work through those seven games with, with the, the talent we have on the team right now, with the roster that we have to try to evaluate and get us into a position where we can evaluate for next season. It's just tough, Matt. It's yeah. tough because you, 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 you are, we're halfway through the season. The Vikings are four and four. They started off on three. They've battled back to four and four. They're exactly where we wanted them to be when we were going to, when we kind of, when we were back a few weeks, we're like, if they can be to four and four, if they can get back to 50-50, we're cooking with gas. We're ready to go. And to have this happen now, we'll see. I just think I've never been a, I've never been a, a fan of an NFL team in another city, so I don't know. But I just have a difficult time thinking that the Vikings fan, the Vikings fan base, is ready for the season to be over with. No, Meaning I, I... That, that we're going to have to work with. It may be better for the long term. And I think we're kind of both on the same page that working within the boundaries of the roster is the right play. But then you got to figure we got seven games left. We got seven games left in, in, in this season. And that's seven more weeks. That's two, that's to January where we're going to have to be playing and we're going to be putting ultimately a subpar product out on the field. That's just tough for the Vikings base. And you got to give them a lot of hope. You got to give him a lot of hope, and I wonder in that scenario if we go through seven seat, we go through that. You know, we maybe we make the playoffs, maybe we don't. But if at the end of that kind of seven games of struggle, I wonder what the reception will be amongst the fan base, amongst the team. If what we was at the end of that is Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. that's the tough situation that he's in. Yeah. And everyone's in right now. Well, and I and I agree with you. You know, if you do go a band aid route, you can't do one that basically is a two year commitment, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. So you know, it, it, there's and that doesn't give you a lot of hope. That's why I think you stay in house. Here's the good news about let, let's let's find once again a silver lining here. If you do want to go with the, the hall and keep them in house, you got a slate of four games here, which really will be a good slate to evaluate him in at Falcons, host the Saints. At Broncos, host the Bears. Those are your next four games. Um, you, you know, it's you got you've got. If, if when's Jefferson supposed to be back? Do we know? 
uh, potentially next week. Yeah. And so you're going to have Addison Jefferson, KJ Osborne, uh, TJ. Um, you know, they've got a wide receiver core. You can really, with the quality of receivers, you can really dumb down the playlist to a point. And if the guy, if the kid can do any kind of read and check off and look at different receivers, these are the four teams to do it with. You give them a chance and let's see what happens. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We're coming into a soft part of our schedule right now. We still have to face the Lions twice. Yes. Depending on what happens tonight, that, that I mean, every game in in the every game with our division rival is, is is critical to to making the playoffs. But we're coming in. We've we've gone through the the toughest part of our schedule. Aside from those two line games, there's a lot of opportunity here, and and particularly with Jefferson coming back, we'll see. I I just. This is, again, I'd hate to be, uh, as much as I've, I've sat and dreamed about being a part of the Vikings uh, management and organizational staff and, and, and coaching staff to try to, to try to work some magic there, they're in a tough spot right now. They're really in a tough spot. And, again, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I hope Kirk Cousins uh, is, recovers. I hope there's an opportunity for him in the NFL to play because, boy, as someone who was sometimes hard on him um, – I'm, I regret some of that, and I uh, I hope to see him again in a Vikings uniform because he is uh, he is the numbers are there, the leadership was there, and things were clicking yesterday in Green Bay. Things were clicking in Lambeau Field, and it was tough to see. Uh, here's the good news too, by the way, uh, with those next four games, the fifth week afterwards our bye week. So you basically give them the four weeks, then you got the bye week, then you can determine what you want to do. But yeah, we'll have to see. Don't I? The team is pretty loaded. The defense looked really good yesterday. Um, oh, they did. Yeah, they did. And 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 boy, did boy did the Green Bay Packers. I did. I don't know if you read the Yahoo Sports uh, takedown on how they they I they said that that, that the love tra- draft was the worst decision they've ever made. And like wow, that's a, that's pretty harsh. Uh, but uh, overall, we can feel we can feel pretty good about that win yesterday. As tough as we have it, someone always has it worse. Yes. And it's good to know that Green Bay has it worse today. That's all I got to say. It's good to know that Green Bay has it worse. Next Monday, uh, we'll check in with you after at Atlanta. That's our next game. So we'll check in you a week from uh, today, okay? One per- one question. So yeah. it is, do they bring someone in? I think I, I think you give uh, – unless this kid, this Hall kid looks atrocious against Atlanta – and then maybe atrocious against Saint, the, the, the New Orleans Saints, unless he looks absolutely just outmanned, outgunned. He looks like love yesterday. If he looks like love yesterday, then yes, before you get to that Denver or the Denver Broncos game in three weeks, you have to bring someone in. Yep, I agree with you. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Michael Broadcorp, uh, usually our politics guy, but he is our Vikings correspondent through the year, week, and obviously – if you've looked at any news outlet here in the Twin Cities, it's the number one story going on. Kirk Cousins going down yesterday after the Achilles injury. We'll take a break. Come on back. Wrap up the show for a Monday. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. It is, i got to tell you the truth, and they are still coming. The, 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 the angry Twitter posts from MAGA Republicans. How dare you! How dare you talk about him? Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I, (laughs) this is a good time to reiterate. You know, the planet's got, what, nine billion people on it. Um, you, if you're a MAGA Republican, at best, 
at best ranks somewhere around two to three billion at any given day. You don't mean anything to me. Um, I get these guys that are trying to take swipes at me and trying to throw insults. Like, you're a random guy with zero followers. No, I don't care what you think. I don't care. You're you're screaming MAGA. You're screaming racism. Racism. You're sitting there and telling me January 6th was patriotic, but Colin Kaepernick is (sighs) anti-American. No, you don't mean anything to me because you've already proven to me you're worthless. And that's just that's just the reality of it. Now, I'm hoping we you know I I've I've talked more about sports today than I have. I've I I've got com- pumpkins to carve, candy to eat. We got trick or treating tomorrow night. We got a lot of things to get. I am not coming in in a costume by the way. Outside of, you know, slacker radio host. That's my costume. Welcome. Uh, so I, I'll be here for tomorrow for a Halloween edition of the show. Let's move on, people. Have a good one. Native Roots Radio is up next. Till tomorrow, see ya.